Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Today's episode of the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast is sponsored by Chris Cody's Golf Shop, the home of the free club fitting. Check out their retail stores and top tracer driving ranges in Portland and Southington to see why they're Connecticut's friendliest golf shop. Visit chriscodygolf.com. That's Chris, C-O-T-E, golf.com to learn more. It's June, and we're just a couple weeks away from one of my favorite sporting events in Connecticut, the Travelers Championship. Joining me today is tournament director Nathan Grube. We look back on last year's tournament that was a made-for-TV event with no fans. We discuss this year's tournament and some of the new features for fans and talk player commitments and more. And now to my conversation with Travelers Championship Tournament Director, Nathan Groob. So joining me today, we, we've got Nathan Groob, friend of the podcast, has been on uh, for the past couple of years as we get ready to preview the Travelers Championship, and he's back with us again this year. Nathan, thanks so much for joining me today. Jared, appreciate all the support, and uh, thanks for having me back on. So uh, again, uh, really looking forward to, to this year's event, but before we dive into all the excitement around this year's Travelers Championship, I, I'd love to look back at last year's because last year's was really uh, a very different Travelers Championship. As you look back you know, on the events of last year, what, what were your thoughts on, on the way things came out and uh, you know, really being able to put on a golf tournament uh, amidst a pandemic there? <laughs> tell you what we, we definitely had never done something like that before um I, you know i mean kind of going back in time i mean it was you know everything kind of just stopped in like that march time frame you know when the the players championship stopped and then you know the, the next I, I guess four or five six events got canceled and we were just kind of waiting right talking to the tour every day talking to our sponsors just kind of saying hey we're here we're just still waiting to see what's going on and and then you kind of started to catch wind of like, okay, it looks like there's going to be a restart and they, you know, approach us to say, Hey, do you want to be a part of the first four events back? And, you know, are you on all these conference calls? Okay. What does that mean? What are the logistics? Like, you know, we've never, I, I would say we try very hard to um, think of every possible contingency, right? Like rain or weather mm-hmm. or, you know, moving people around the golf course, or whatever. But like, we just, we didn't have this contingency of like, okay, could you run, a tour event without any uh, fans on property, any spectators. And like, what would it mean? What are the financial implications? Like, how do you, how do you even do this from a health and safety standpoint? So, I mean, when we got the call in April and the tour wanted us to be a part of that, you know, the next 90 days were like, okay, let's do something we've never done before. And we let's rethink everything, you know, from the guys and their families getting off the plane and how we're going to get them into a car and how we're going to feed them and how the volunteer, I mean, like everything was, was new, Definitely. but it was this sense of, you know, like we, we wanted to be a part of bringing sport back, you know, we wanted to be a part of, you know, how the travelers championship was going to play out and kind of the, the broad scope of, uh, you know, live sporting events coming back on television so it was, I mean, we, we knew we were part of something bigger than ourselves from that standpoint. So we wanted to do it. We wanted to do it the right way, but it was, uh, it was surreal. It was very, very surreal. Um, you know, when Dustin Johnson puts in and he's the number one ranked player in the world and he wins your tournament and there's a handful of people watching and it was just, it was surreal. I mean, in that same exact spot, like people had done the wave, you know, like 10,000 people had done the wave and, <laughs> And then when Jordan shipped in, people are going crazy. Like, like you just you remember what had happened in that exact location, and it was almost silent. 
this year went or last year. So I don't know. It was it was surreal, but it was also you know we were we were really proud to be part of bringing sport back. But um, you know it was uh, <laughs> we just wanted people back on property this year. So Definitely. that's what we wanted. Definitely. I've got to ask, I remember last week, you know, again, it was all so new in how things were going to go. I remember, you know, Brooks Kepka, unfortunately, you know, has to withdraw after the, the positive uh, t- or the contact tracing or positive test there. And, and then you start to see those reports flying all over the place. Hey, we've got the PGA Tour commissioner hopping on, on a press conference here. Was there a thought in your mind, like we put in all this work for it? We knew that, you know, things might have a hitch here or there. Did you think there was a chance it might get canceled at all at that point? So it was interesting. We were actually having this conversation. So I, I like I was, I guess, a little bit insulated from that, from that standpoint. Right. So what we were yeah. doing is we were going through everything, like all the protocols, right? Like, okay, everybody's being tested, you know, like here's how the contact tracing is going to work if somebody's positive. So like we had this, we, we kind of called it the net, right? You threw a net over the tournament and like, yep. it was set up to kind of catch any irregularity, right? Whether somebody was positive coming from another event or somebody caught something when they were here or whatever. And so there were all these protocols in place. And when stuff started to happen, you know, caddy test positive. Okay. Let's do the contact tracing. You know, the department of public health was awesome to work with. They were so good. The tour, their doctors. So we're going through all that. And, you know, it's Monday, Tuesday, and the commissioner was scheduled to come up the whole time. And mm-hmm. so, like, he lands, and we're going through it. And in our minds, it's like all this stuff is working, right? Like, all, all the all the stuff that we've put in place, it's all working. It's identifying who tests positive, and they're isolating, or they have to withdraw. And so I didn't even really think about, like, oh, my gosh, like, it's going to get canceled. Because in our minds, it's like, yes, everything yeah, we put in place is working. <laughs> You know, it's like, and so like, and I said, and Jay, the commissioner, he was, you know, going to be here anyway. So it wasn't like he took a trip up just for that. But then when I took a step back, because somebody said to me, as we were going into the press conferences, he was going in, somebody said, um, they said, Hey, are you guys going to get canceled? And I'm like, canceled. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> at, like I took a step back going, okay players WDing commissioner's press conference. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like there was never honestly, Jerry, like one thought in my mind that we were going to get canceled when Jay was doing that press conference because it was all part of what we were doing. It was like, okay, he's going to report that the testing's working. He's going to report that all the stuff is working. And, and then, but then I was like, Hey, we thought you were going to get canceled. I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I could see, I could see that. (laughs) I could see that. Yeah. I I remember just like, scrolling through social media that whole morning and afternoon and it was just like a buzz of like what's going to happen here but you know as you say it i i think that goes to show how, how the protocols you had in place you know really did work and help the the tournament go on as planned but uh def- definitely uh an interesting year last year in, in terms of putting that tournament on yes yes listen i'm, I'm proud that we were part of it but i really don't want to do that again so <laughs> Yeah, so let, let's look forward to, to this year's tournament coming up in a few weeks, and I, I know everyone is excited. So I, I want to get started looking at this year's tournament. What's it been like as you plan to, to put things in place? Because I feel like it, as you plan for an event like this, you've got to do it pretty far in advance, and we've seen regulations and stipulations change so frequently over the past several months that, that it's had to be a bit of a seesaw for you in terms of planning for this year's tournament. So what's, what's it been like from your perspective? So I need to take you back, I guess, to, to, to take a big step back to say it, it usually takes about 15 months to plan an event. Mm-hmm. So kind of 
like the last three months before a tournament, you're already planning things for next year's tournament. Okay. Like, the, like there's just like the way the timeline works. Like right now, we're already doing stuff for 22. It's just the way the the way the cycles work, the way your your contracts with your vendors, the way you have to get you know certain inventory secure, just your your sponsorships, you know, like what you're putting together. Like there's just there's a cycle to it, so it takes about 15 months. So in that context, when we this fall, this last fall, you're coming out of 20, and you're like, okay, things are going to get better. It was what everybody's thinking. You start to see the pro-ams coming back on some tour events, and so you start to plan for your pro-ams coming back, and then your sponsors are going. Hey, do you think you're going to have, you know, tents? And we're like, well, I'm not sure that we can do anything climate control because X, Y, and Z. And then you have companies saying, we have travel restrictions. We can't bring people in. We can't entertain. You know, we can't do, you know, normal corporate road tents and we can't, you know, get 500 tickets a day like we usually did and stuff like that. So you kind of had all these things happening in the fall and then that kept going into the winter. And we said, look, we have to pull the trigger on what exactly 21 is going to look like. And so in February, we kind of looked at that, you know, 5,000 fans, you know, uh, really not many structures because we weren't even sure how we could uh, how we could clean the structures, how we could do it. And so, you know, it was about 5,000 fans a day. And then in April, we took a big step back and went, man, like things are opening up. Like, do you think we could get to 10,000? So we went back to all of our vendors and, you know, we restructured our volunteer committees and we redid stuff to get to 10,000 in April. And so to actually get that April, May, you know, 90 days before the tournament that we kind of created a 10,000 spectator plan, like that is nine months shorter than we should have been planning <laughs> that. And so, I mean, like you have to put that plan in place. And so, you know, people have asked like, Hey, you know, are you going to change? It's like, look, it takes, it, there's a good part and a, a, a challenging part to doing a temporary event. Like when you, when you have to build everything, and then tear everything down. It just takes time. And so, you know, we built the, we say we built the boat for 10,000 people a day. And like, that's, you know, what we've been able to put together and that's what we'll have in a couple of weeks. And as things lifted though, you know, like obviously the mask policy, we originally thought everybody was going to have to wear a mask. And now, you know, people who are vaccinated, you know, won't be required to wear a mask. And so like things have changed from an experiential standpoint, mm-hmm. but it's just not one of those things where we have a stadium where we can say, we're going to fill up a few more seats or we're going to fill up a few more right. seats, you know, like everything's. And like I said, I love that because we can build it different every year if we want to. But the problem is it takes, you know, 90 to hundred days to actually, you know, get all the infrastructure in place. So I think it's going to be a really cool experience. I think 10,000 a day is going to, it's going to feel crowded. It's going to feel good. And uh, I think it's the right move um, for, uh, for this version of the Travelers Championship. Yeah, no, I, th- I think getting back out there, it's it's going to be interesting with, with the 10,000 number. Again, like you said, I, I think you will get that feel of a crowd, but it, it you know, it will be a limited crowd there. So you, I do feel like there will be some sort of intimacy level and you, you really will be able to get up and close in, in some years as you might not have been able to in the past. So I, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, feel this year. Yeah, no, I think it, it will. I was just actually looking at some sightlines today. And usually, you know, the, these these corporate tents that, you know, are just kind of a staple, like people just see on the landscape of the tournament mm-hmm. and they just think, oh, that's part of it. But when a lot of those tents aren't there and people are just coming out as spectators and they're in a different way, you know, because we don't have the climate control facilities and the air circulation, and all that type of stuff. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can see things on this golf course that I haven't seen before. So I think people are going to see it in a very different way. Yeah, Absolutely. Take us through. I know. I know there are going to be some new features this year. I know you guys have like that courtyard seating option. 
take bands yes. uh, who are going to be coming out this year who are looking at some different options, what it might look like out on the course this uh, at this tournament. Yeah, so this year there's going to be basically two two types of tickets, and there's going to be one um, to the a general admission ticket, and they're going to have access to um, all of our uh, concessionaries. We have a big concession area where the fan zone used to be, and seating areas, and umbrellas, and Adirondack chairs, and you know, great food and drink and stuff like that. And the general the general admission tickets will be able to get access to all of those. And then we have two courtyards. Um, we have a, a Stanley Black and Decker sponsored one, and then Trinity Health in New England sponsored one. And that's a higher end ticket that includes you get food and beverage all day, open bar. And it's, I mean, some of the views are awesome, you know, but it's, again, it's all open air views and stuff like that. So we kind of have two tickets, um, two ticket options. And the thing is, too, is anybody can get anywhere this year, right? Like there's sometimes where, unless you were a guest of X company, you couldn't get into certain locations on the golf course. But now it's, I mean, individuals can buy tickets to get into all these locations that, you know, maybe they haven't, uh, haven't seen in the past. So, um, that's it. We've tried to keep it very, you know, very simple, very, you know, a plan that we could execute on. And I think, uh, I think people are going to really like what they see. Yeah, no, that's exciting. It's, uh, again, I know, I know everyone's been cooped up and excited to get back out there this year, especially uh, after having to watch on TV last year. I want to, in terms of the, the field and, and the players you've gotten, one thing I, I always notice about you and the, and the work you guys do is you're able to get really good players to commit early on, which, which you don't necessarily see with some other stops on, on tour. What do you think has been able to make you, you know, this tournament be so successful in, in getting those players to commit so early? You know, I, I just think it has to do with the relationships that, I mean, Andy Bissett with Travelers and I, we go out on tour, you know, a handful of times a year and, and it's been he and I doing this since 07, you know, so for the last, you know, how many years is that? Gosh, you know, 14, 15 14, years, yeah. you know, so the guy, the players know us, like we build relationships with them. And if a guy knows he's coming to play us, I mean, we, we just say, Hey, you know what? I mean, could we talk about you in market soon? And I honestly think it just comes with that relationship where they feel mm -hmm. comfortable with us. They, like I said, they know us. Um, and, you know, to, to some, if you don't know a tournament in terms of, hey, I'd like to announce you early, it's like, uh, you know, because they literally have, I mean, I don't know if, if everybody really remembers this, the players have until the Friday before the tournament starts to commit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't have to commit and let us use their name and market or anything until, you know, the week before the tournament starts, or, the, you know, a couple of days before the tournament starts. So. We just obviously, to your point, we found it very important. Our fans like it when we're able to get, you know, players out sooner. And, you know, when you get, I mean, like a couple of years ago when Rory knew he was coming, you know, Roy McElroy for the first time, he's like, hey, go ahead and announce me in February. And we're like, awesome. You know, and yeah. so uh, and then a couple of years ago, he's like, go ahead and announce me in August, <laughs> you know, like that I'm coming in 10 months. And we're like, man, I just love it. So, yeah. I mean, when the guys when the guys know they're coming. And they let us, you know, talk about them. It's, it matters to us. So I would just say we've tried very hard to build those relationships over the years to, to where the guys know that's important and we get to do it. Yeah, and, and I think to that point, it really just keeps momentum going for this event throughout the yes. year. You know, you're, you're yeah. staying excited about it in, in January and February when, you know, you can't even see the golf course out there. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely exciting stuff. Last year, I know with, with the schedule, you know, being different, coming out of the restart and stuff, you know, Dustin Johnson hadn't played uh, in the tournament in a bit. You know, John Rahm was back. You know, what do you think it, you guys were able to show those players last year that, that maybe, you know, helps bring them back in in, in future years uh, after coming back and giving it a try again last year? 
You know, it's, uh, I think the guy, I mean, I was talking to John Rom about this when we were, cause you know, we gave him an exemption in his junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. And so he, he liked the golf course and he hadn't played in a couple of years. And we were walking down and talking about the first he was staying on, on, uh, on property. And he's like, man, I just, I love this golf course. He's like, it's just, it's, it's fair. It, you know, rewards you for good shots. It punishes you for bad shots. Like it's just fair. And, you know, it's, it's one of, I mean, last year, to your point, we had nine of the top 10 players in the world, you know, from the world golf ranking and to have all those guys here remembering, you know, like, Oh, this is why like Webb Simpson, you know, he had to end up having a WD because of COVID or a COVID precaution with his daughter. But I mean, we gave Webb an exemption when he just starting out on tour, you know, and he comes back, he plays us and he comes back. It's like, man, I do like this golf course. And I mean, these guys play every week all over the world. And when they come back to a place that they're comfortable and they like it, like, it's great. Like Phil, you know, I mean, Phil hadn't played us in a number of years, Mickelson. And then he came back a couple of years ago and he's like, I love this place. You know, so um, it's, uh, you know, it's cool to see. And then I actually, it's, it's funny. I remember Rory, the first time he played here, um, I think it was 2016 or 17 was the first time he played here. And I heard him do an interview like two months later. And it was over in Europe. He was there for something. And they asked him a question. They said, hey, what, what are some of your favorite courses in the, around the world? And he was naming off, obviously, some fabulous courses. And, he, and then he said, you know, one course that I had never played before that I really, really loved was at the Travelers Championship in TPC River Highlands. And I, and I stopped and went. I'm, and, and then he just explained why, like why he liked the golf course and stuff like that. So to your point, when we get a chance to have guys here and show them, it's, uh, I, they like the place. And it's a, it's a really fun track and, and the crowds are really engaging and it's a good experience. Definitely. I, I know you mentioned, and, and I'll get you out of here on this one, fans have, or uh, players that rather, have until uh, the week before to uh, make their announcement official. Uh, can we expect any other uh, possible announcements before that uh, deadline? Of course, always. Wait a <laughs> no, listen, I, I fully expect to have you know, a handful more guys that, that fans will know and they'll like. Um, you know, but also, I mean, there's a lot of things that these guys have to deal with, right? Olympics, Ryder Cup, pre- I mean, like there's a Ryder Cup here in Olympic year, like their schedules are, are, are all over the place. So, you know, there's guys that I know that are going to commit over the next, you know, week that they just said, look, just give me some time. Cause they, they don't like to commit and then have to withdraw. So, I mean, we're, we're going to get a few more commitments over the next, you know, seven, 10 days that, uh, that the fans are going to recognize for sure. Awesome. Well, regardless, the field's already phenomenal. I look forward to seeing who else will be added, and, and it's just going to be great to be back out at, at TPC River Highlands. So, Nathan, I really appreciate the time, and good luck these last few weeks uh, getting everything uh, all ready to go. Jared, thanks for the time, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.